Howdy folks, this is 5150. What you're about to hear is the result of me starting a mixed down recording in Mumble when Pokey said he was about ready to stop recording and go to bed. While it's all pretty tame, it's not entirely safe for work. I started recording sometime after midnight central time, and the original file shows that we talked for another 2 hours and 15 minutes. However, deleting the pauses brings it down to about an hour and a half. At the end, it's just me and Cobra 2, proving that, as in real life, I never know when it's time to gracefully leave a party. Among the other voices you will hear are Pokey, Delwyn, Jay Newster, Delta Ray, Door to Door Geek, and I thought it was especially cool when the world wrapped around and Ken Fallon came back in after having gone to bed the night before. I didn't have the foresight to make note of all the handles active in the room, and the festivities of the evening did not enhance my recall, so I apologize to those I have overlooked. With the help of the community, I hope to get you properly credited in the show notes, even if it is after the fact. I regret I wasn't able to participate or listen to the entire 13-hour scheduled recording, and since I'm speaking to the future, I'm sure I'll be enjoying those missed hours, even as you hear this. I want to add my voice in gratitude and congratulations to those who organized and participated in making this event a success. everybody talk at once uh, i think i i need to get to bed or at least <laughs> go maul my wife for a while so i'll be back later if y'all are still here yeah i'm gonna kill the uh stream guys thanks for coming in door no problem at all we were over my uh mother-in-law's house took my two kids and my um nephews out back with pots and pans and let them bang and once they were done i said come on man, we gotta go home I was just tired, tired, running around. Hey, Russ, if you're listening, I always wanted to say howdy to you and occasionally see you in the uh, uh, Linux Basics, but you never talk in the room. It shows a little bit late form. He gets tired. I know the feeling. So, Dor, what is this, um, the new radio.net? What is that? Uh, Tracy Holtz went into his own pocket, purchased a service, uh, and he wants to basically start up like an internet radio station of replaying podcast, broadcasting other people's podcasts live, and having a little bit of original content. Right now the site looks like something from uh, GeoCities days, but uh, it's going to change. Well, it's a great idea. Um, Who's programming it? Um, I believe Trace is, uh, honestly, I'm not sure. Well, we were talking earlier today whether Hacker Media was still going, which is uh, 
replays stuff from Benrev, which of which uh, HPR makes up the uh, lion's share, and I think everybody involved with HPR, if that's not still going, would be uh, glad to see that content uh, played in a venue where it was just going all the time. They do a similar thing over on Linux Outlaws where they've got their uh, feed running all the time now, which makes it e- makes it easy to lock on to before the show starts, but they're just playing the same song over and over and over again. It's a good song, though. Yeah, I agree with you there. Gotcha. Um, Tracy, I mean, he gave me the admin passwords and everything. Um, but he said he wants to do something with this site he has in mind. And with the content, he basically asked me, ask, ask anybody I want to who I think uh, would want to do some kind of show about give us a I give us a I um idea for a show, even if you don't want to do it yourself. And then, like, you know, pitch them to people. But he does think, at least in the beginning... 90 plus percent of the content is going to be rebroadcast from other places and even when we hit full like you know stride still going to be easily 70% is is going to be re um re uh, played content is there going to be an icecast server or something like that you can actually listen to it on other devices yep yeah, there already is um an icecast uh shoutcast or icecast it's one of them and I can see uh, people looked at the source of the page, took the took the uh, stream feed out, and put it into like VLC or Totem. I didn't go that far. Yeah, but fine for me. Just to- I just listened to it on a different uh, one that had the had the feed already there. Well, I tried to plug it into uh, VLC, but I was working on my old HP tablet that has a transmedia processor, and uh, VLC code won't run on it. That sucks. Yeah, it's good around with this sort of a netbook. You guys all amaze me with all of the technology and the new things that you come up with every week or so. Not me. All my stuff runs on old garbage. Well, I just mean starting a new radio station and um, having tons of podcasts come, coming out of your ears and stuff. It's just amazing. One thing I wanted to complain about today, and never got the chance to, Ken, because people like me aren't getting content to him. He's, he's uh, picking up all these other great podcasts on uh, and playing them, and now I want to start listening to those podcasts and I can't keep up with the ones that I have. I agree. When you already listen to 50 podcasts, how can there be a 51st one to go into your queue? I don't know, but I want them all. I thought I had I I thought I was aware of all the great Linux casts and there's just you know two or three really good ones. Those uh Sunday morning guys that have been on there a couple times are really good. Cobra 2, I saw you light up, but absolutely none of that. Cobra 2, your audio's gone. You can see it light up, but there's, there's nothing coming through at all. And, uh, hey, 5150, I, I don't know if I ever um, publicly thanked you for your help 
last year during the whole sticker drive, sticker campaign. That was another idea that would have withered on the vine and died if it didn't get support. And I'm pretty sure you were the first guy to step up and and help out with that and uh, send me a check for some money, putting money for him. That's, you know, that's, yeah, that was for real. I, I don't know if I ever publicly thanked you for that, but uh, um, I, I certainly did mean to several times because that was, uh, it, it made a, it made a big difference to me knowing that some, somebody thought the idea was a good one. Oh, I'm sure you did on uh, one of your podcasts. I know uh, Ken acknowledged it on uh, least uh, monthly wrap up podcast. So that's more than sufficient. All right, good. I I, I keep wondering uh, every once in a while. I think about it. And wonder if it's gone unsaid, and uh, I don't like things to go unsaid if I can help it. No problem. If you want to start? I might want to start thinking of a. Uh, new design i've only got two stickers on the back window of my pickup and i can still see yeah, it out right oh man that's one thing i meant to say to uh to cornominal too is that that's that's the two things on well there's three things on that netbook that i have on that little epc there's an hpr sticker a gnu sticker and crunch bang yeah how cool was that that he hopped in there that was uh that was really cool like that might be my highlight of 2011 can y'all hear me now yeah you're back now well, I've been uh, trading your stall over. I sent a few. Oh, Dor can tell me who it is on Linux Basics that escapes me right now who uh, made up the Linux basic sticker. So I got those, and I sent a few along to uh, Knuckle to uh, distribute over at uh, Ohio Linux Fest. Oh, i got to get me a Linux basic sticker. That could, be, that could go on, on either one of my laptops. I got a guy in Hawaii named Jonasar. Um, I actually did one-time PayPal money. He um, got mad and PayPal it back to me. He said, anybody who wants stickers, just contact him. Because he works at a place that makes stickers. And his boss said, as long as he's the top producer, he can take the runoff and do what he wants to with. Oh, that's wicked cool. Can, I, can you email that to me so I'll have it tomorrow and it won't get lost in this fog? Yeah, I know I have it on the forums. I was going to find it. That's so Don't, cool. Hey, I could give you one. Yeah, I thought I'd tell you about that uh, a few months ago, Pokey. In, in any case, he already has the PDF of the uh, oval sticker that you sent me. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I, I maybe you did. I don't remember. It's I, I, I'm so embarrassed because until this week, uh, when Dor and Bruce got to me, like Linux Basics was uh, like a thought in the back of my mind that didn't I, I didn't associate with anything. I wasn't sure what it was, and they invited me to come on the show. And yeah, holy smokes, it's such a good show. I got to know how I've missed it this long. Yeah, I stopped listening to Linux. Um podcasts and then i listened to that and i started to listen to a whole lot of them after that yeah there definitely were a few a couple of linux podcasts that made me want to stop listening <laughs> for a while but i'm not going to say which ones with the, any recorder going for sure yeah and um i the, the gimmick is linux basics really is the brainchild of a uh, knucklehead tech and uh john new new um us that are um, 
Josh pays for everything and won't take a dime from me at least, and John does every bit of site admining that is needed to be done, and he does a fantastic job. I'm just a guy that gets hit in the face with the pie when someone gets mad. <laughs> well, I tell you, I got I owe it to uh, Russ, the techie geek, for hooking me up on all the great podcasts. His was the first useful uh, Linux podcast I found. I'd done certain because I'd been in the podcast. I'd listened to some gaming podcasts. I started looking for stuff on Linux and. Closest thing I found were a bunch of Scottish guys who got really drunk and uh, talked about Ruby on Rails, and they were they were really funny. But I'm not. Uh, it wasn't anything I was really into, and I was sort of uh, getting into desperation of finding a Linux podcast that would, when I was first starting out, that would tell me any information I could really use. And then I listened to. To Russ, and from there I found uh, Bad Apples and and uh, HPR and Linux Outlaws in uh, short order, and that kind of straightened me out. Yeah, right on. There's there's so many good ones. Um, you know, anytime anybody mentions Bad Apples or New World Order, now it's just it, it's shocking to me how good that show is. That you know, Clyde two can just row together. Or at least he makes it seem like he's just throwing them together. You know, he's got just a little portable recorder. He's not real bothered about the the sound quality. And he puts out some of the most astonishing content that, you know, even if the world knew about it, they'd probably just ignore it and, and pass it off. But if you if you listen to it, it, it's like some of the best stuff on Earth. Well, I just wish I could develop up that, uh, all that... Uh... He and all uh, oh, some of the guys. Uh... Have you ever pulled down any of the uh, the older episodes from like the today with the techie feed? No, I did. I didn't even know that existed until it was gone. I have all of them. Yeah, I should go back and listen to them if I, if I could ever catch up on the current podcast. I would do that. No, I was going to say the. Whiskey was interrupting my brain cells. No, uh, I wish I had the talent of Klaatu and Dave Yates and uh, Mr. Gadgets just to be able to start expounding on a on a topic and appear to be erudite, uh, you know, for 30 to 90 minutes at a time because I found I just can't do anything unless I make up a script and and uh, or an outline and sit there in front of audacity so when i mess up i can go back and erase it because i tried all last winter to uh sit there with a sansa clip while i was doing other things working on an engine or feeding cattle or something and try to record a podcast and it'd always be all i said that wrong i I didn't remember the uh, really clever way that in practice I was going to say that. And now I've got to go back. And I always thought if I could get all the way through a uh, podcast and make it the way I, I wanted it, then I could save that. If I had to go back and cut out pieces where I needed to go back and say something differently, then it would take more time in editing uh, than it did record in the first place. I've only recorded a couple podcasts, but uh, I found that it's easier for me just to say like a couple lines and then stop and then go again. It's not 
not bad at all. That's really good thinking. I just think it's funny that you said that Dave Yates was erudite. In his own way, he is. I mean, uh, he, he may be able to translate Fedora into Southern, but what he says in Southern, it really is erudite. Yeah, I, I miss his podcast. I wish he'd, he'd throw some more out there. Yeah, I do too. I miss it. I I really think that his show was really good. Really, I mean, great. And I don't know about erudite, but yeah, he's very smart, and he can tell you what he knows. Yeah, keep it in between the ditches. Yeah, and he's got one of the classic, like all time best HPR episodes when he did the the um, April Fool show where he he drove off the road. Well, I've tried to do that while driving, and uh, all you hear with me and my old trucks is a bunch of wind noise and rattling and creaks and backfires and engine noise and such. You never hear me. That's music, man. It's background music. Sets the mood. I tried it once when I had my Civic, and all you could hear was the fart knocker exhaust. All right, guys, I got to actually get off here and finish editing a podcast before I get more threatening emails. If you guys didn't see before you leave, Darwin, I have been recording, and I I don't think anybody said anything that would cause them embarrassment or anything. And uh, if they need it for HPR, I'll keep it. If they don't, uh, that's you know, that's fine, too, but I just wanted to warn everybody, like they tell you, that this phone call is being recorded. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Happy New Year, Dor, and everybody else. Probably head out, too. Yeah, right on. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you, guys. I'll, I'll uh, talk to you guys later. See you, Dor. Happy New Year. Yeah, keep up the good work, Dor. Thanks, guys. And I'm going to try to convince Tracy to record an episode, me and him, tomorrow for... Wish me luck. Good luck. Too late. I, I say that all the time. Wish me luck. And nobody ever does. So I tried to get to him in time. Good luck on editing that podcast. Oh, man. I don't even know what I'm going to do. I, I may just, you know, literally speed it up to 4X and wait for lulls in the conversation and, uh, and just clip it at that point and, and put it up as is because... That there's no my backlog of editing of podcasts to edit is huge already. Um, See, there you go. There's another um you have to edit out. Balls. <laughs> Screw editing. Just chop it up into hour segments and post it. Yeah, that that's about what it's gone to. I, I don't think it'll be hours, but it'll be yeah. Just just waiting for pauses in the conversation. That's yeah, I'm just gonna clip it there. It's uh, the only the only bit of editing that I'm gonna do is um it, it, and I don't know if you guys noticed when the server would clip somebody off mid sentence and then as the the traffic found its way to get to you like it would clip it mid word and and, it, and the traffic would get to you and the guy would light back up again and the word would continue right there I I may try to put those back together and I will have to sync up the audio because multi track mumble gets out of sync uh, maybe half an hour ish. Well, I noticed, uh, probably just on my end, when we were talking about gaming, and Dan was in there, and 
I'd lose him for like 30 seconds at a time and it would always plug back in and at the point where he left off and I was amazed when I joined back in and started talking that you guys weren't half an hour ahead of me someplace. Mumble seems to do pretty good for keeping stuff in sync. Yeah, it does pretty good keeping it in sync, but the recordings get out of sync. Um, it, it seems like anything 30 to 45 minutes, you'll start noticing that people are talking over each other in the recording that you don't remember talking over each other. Um, you, you know, during you know during the live. I had the stream playing uh, in the background the entire time, or the entire time I had my stream going, and uh, I noticed like. During some pauses, everything would just catch up and everybody would talk all over each other. Yeah, I had that too. Earlier in the afternoon when we were all trying to talk at the same time and then everybody would pause and wait for somebody else to talk and everybody decided to hit their key at exactly the same time. It made me think we need to incorporate into Mumble the same sort of uh, random delay that's... uh, in the entire Ethernet protocol, so that when you have a bunch of people in the room, you hit your key, you have a random random delay before you can start talking. That's so bizarre. I had the exact same thought that when people, when it was working, when Mumble was working perfectly, and people noticed that they were talking over each other, that's exactly what happens, is everybody lifts off the key, and, uh, I mean, unless they're, like, deep into a point that they don't want to lose, but pr- pretty much everybody lifts off the key, and there's a random pause until somebody keys up again but yeah i i had the exact same thought people at work just like the internet in that scenario i wonder if gorkon could lay off the mic on mumble you know i had a really evil thought the last several days to mess with pokey we needed a uh, gorkon soundboard to plug in here <laughs> that would be so mean <laughs> How did you? How, how do you mean? You wonder if you could lay off the mic. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, he he's a conversation controller and doesn't like silence. It's like uh, he's fine when you're talking to him face to face, but like if oh, he's oh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You said Gorkon. I'm sorry. No, I I was I don't know. It's late and I've been drinking. I was thinking somebody else and didn't get it at all but yes now i absolutely get it oh well i apologize i got no issues with him or nothing just controls the mic a little bit yeah i i i'm not a fan no we went to bed ken oh that's good it'd be like absolutely ridiculous to be still up at this hour yeah if you even knew it's like 1 30 over here i'd be insane to be still up emailing people and thanking them how did it go unbelievably well it was absolutely horrible. Everything crashed. Typical HPR episode, then. Well, that did happen, too, but it was still good. So what are you going to do with the um, show? How are we going to release this thing? Uh, sorry, man, Mike died just as you keyed up in my headless set. Can you, I'm um, in my wireless set. Can you repeat that? So how are we going to release this? I'm not entirely certain yet. I agree with the... Uh, you know, just cut it and put it out with all the warts and stuff in it for the most part, but I do have to sync up the audio because it does get out of sync. To be honest, Pokey, what I think you should do, far be it from me to tell you, but is use the single one of the mixed down ones because you're just asking for an immense amount of work otherwise. Yeah, I've been considering it. I, I appreciate the suggestion and the um, 
the the validation. What? I'm... Yeah, I must say, hats hats off to you, Pokey. You did a fantastic job getting this put together. Absolutely brilliant. Well, I think you take Ken up on his. Uh... See, this is where we need the random delay. Now, as I say, you should take Ken up on his going standing offer just to uh, record whatever and send it to him and let him do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Ken does a lot in the back channel. That's that's not even fair. <laughs> but um... uh, if, if he did that, that's absolutely fine. But I can guarantee you I'd have it out in 15 minutes. I run it through FFmpeg, chop it off into one-hour chunks, and that's all you'll be listening to for the next, uh, I don't know, 12, 12, right three, on, four right weeks. On. No, I, I, I said it several times tonight, and in case you weren't here when I said it, I'll repeat it. But I I honestly didn't do anything and can't take credit for anything other than saying to a whole bunch of people who I consider to be my friends that I was going to be here from noon to midnight. I didn't put any servers together. I didn't put any streams together. I didn't put any mirrors together. I didn't bring any topics to the table, and I didn't hold any guns to anybody's heads and tell them they had to participate. This was this was absolutely everybody but me that and who deserves that, the credit. The guy who held a gun to my that head. was Cobra too. Oh, you should send the uh, the uh, audio to Clatu. He'll edit it for you. No, I'll, I'll I'll take care of it. Honest, I I got it. Okay, I'm, yeah, but it'll take I, you six I'm, months to add the commercials. <laughs> I have a script for that. Don't worry. Script for which? Intro and outro. Prep audio. Prep underscore audio dot sh. Written by Code Crunchy. Oh right, right. Yeah. No, I I I'll I'll get something figured out, Cam. I won't I won't. Uh, Nitpick over this one like I do with good my man, stuff. good man. I just have this uh, fear that the audio, like with the audiobook club, it's recorded for three months and then we're all on the beach and you release oh, the you winter know me show. Well, my friend. <laughs> well, I had the idea and I never got into uh, say it. We should uh, record it like one of those uh, holiday variety shows in the in the seventies. Uh, uh, start out. Welcome, welcome to the HPR uh, New Year's special starring uh, Pokey and Peter64 and special guest appearance by 5150 and the Notre Dame uh, marching band and uh, Magic Johnson and Charo and such. <laughs> I totally missed Charo. Is that taking a leak? Well, you must have walked out of the range of your headphones. Damn it! I, I I think I like her. Who is she? She does coochie coochie, whatever that was. It can yeah, the flack files that I have here, the single, um, the mixed down ones, not the multi channel, but the the single stream is is two point zero gigabytes of flack. Super! I think we should just use that. Seriously, I really do. I think uh, we should just add on the mailing list. Ask people what they what they think, but my personal preference is whack it into different chunks, randomly cut them. The second part, as somebody suggested earlier, you've been listening to the first half of blah. Tune in tomorrow well, for the second half, and then over overlap it by five well, seconds. Well, I've got I've got six pieces of flack here. There there's six different files, and they are 
very randomly cut. I have no idea how long each of them is. And um, she said, um, the only thing, if you were going to do that to the single stream, I would say run it, if if you can, if you can batch it, run it through something that um, kills the silence so that it can put back, you know, people's words back together where the delay was. Is there, a, is there a way to batch that to just... I mean, I, I can easily open it. Losing silence, I have no idea. Um, sorry, Tattoo might know, actually. I, I know you can do it in Audacity. I can load these things into Audacity and delete the silence and get them back out, but um, just loading 13 hours of audio into Audacity could take a bit of time. Well, I wouldn't do the whole thing at once. I'd first then do the editing. It's already cut. It's in six pieces because I at random intervals, stopped the recording and restarted it so that if I lost something, I didn't lose all of it. Well, Clatoon helped me with that the other day. Uh, you probably already know that uh, you need to sample silence and uh, then, you know, do do the filter for silences first. And then you, or do the, I'm sorry, sample sample the noise where the silence is. Do the noise filter first, and then do remove silences. Um, yeah, I got what you're saying. I, I, uh, I, I understand what you're saying, but you don't have to do that with a mumble recording because in mumble, a silence is literally silence. There's no data there whatsoever. It's a completely flat line, so you don't need to level it out first. You can just run it through a, uh, a um, I, I forget what the filter's called, Truncate silence, I think, is in the filter. You just run it through a truncate silence, and it will make everything happen quicker. Actually, does it actually do that? Yeah. A truncate silence. Yeah, you run it through a truncate silence filter, and you tell it. Um, there's a couple of settings in there. You tell it what the minimum amount of silence you want it to ignore, and anything longer than that, it will chop down. And you tell it what to chop it down to, it, it, and you can you know get down into milliseconds if you want. It's it's also known as the make me sound smarter filter. Oh man, I think that would really be the um filter. That one really. Well, the um filter would work too, but if you can train yourself to be silent instead of using ums, then it is. It's the same thing. Yeah, you. Sorry, go ahead. Ken. Absolutely brilliant. No, no, I just wanted to say that's brilliant. What we also need to do as well, in hindsight, is. Do like what Cardominal said, make a list of what we want to talk about, when we're going to talk about it, what topics we covered, but also things like um, suggested topics. This is a brilliant place to gather suggested topics, one of which being how to do an audio filter in Audacity. Yeah, I I, I agree and disagree at the same time about the, um, like the topic list, if we're going to record a show, because... It's really, really hard to ask people to come on when they can, pop in, pop out with whatever time they can. But when they're there, talk about this list of things that we've compiled for you. I I just, to me, it didn't feel right to do that. So I just asked people to bring their topics. And, um, and again, I could be wrong. I just don't, you no, know. Just, I think you're right. It's no harm to have a list of, at this point, we were talking about this, then we went talking about this. Handy for the show notes, you know. Oh, oh! You mean back and making a list? Oh, I thought you meant like prepping a list of subjects. If we did this again, well, yeah, it would be no harm to have people coming on at particular times. You know, some of the regulars, like the Fedora review I did at a particular point. 
you know, so if there's a little in conversation, it lets people go off and get a break or, you know, have yeah, a coffee yeah, or yeah, something. I well, I think what I listened to uh, works. Well, I was afraid because uh, I'd meant to be here even more than I was today. I thought it might wind up being the Pokey and 5150 show, and I was just so glad to see so many other people in there. You, you had higher expectations than I did. I thought it was going to be Pokey and Silence. I was downloading Creative Commons music. <laughs> I I knew a couple of people said they would and they could, but I you know, what does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm a little sad that we didn't see completely outside the HPR community. I mean we have some from uh Doors Crowd, but I wouldn't call them outside. I was hoping to bring in some of the guys from uh Linux Outlaws and uh few of the other shows and some people maybe aren't on shows and etc that it uh seen we to act, notice no we actually but, we uh, actually did there were a couple of guys who whose names i recognized who were um you know a lot more active over there but but um like like ny bill um and a couple of those guys those guys are are are, are pretty active in the linux outlaws crowd but um I was hoping to get the lurkers to come out of the woodwork. I was hoping to get people who have never been on, you know, just listeners and fans. That's what I was really looking forward to. And, and we did get a couple, and I was thrilled. Um, Ken, I'm afraid this has to count as my podcast for 2011. Only if you publish. That's fine, but it's 2012 now. You sold me a podcast. Ah, nice. Well, I've got a few in the queue with ums included. All right, guys, I have to go to bed now. I'm falling out of my chair. Thank you, everyone. Okay, well awesome. done. Congratulations. Awesome. Super. Th- thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Congrats. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Sleep hard, Pokey. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> I got to get up in about five hours for church. So, yeah, I'm going to sleep as hard as I can. Folks at my church would string me up if they saw me sit inside this bottle of Jack. And <laughs> Good night. Yeah, that didn't occur to me to bring the bottle to the computer. I'll be back in a minute. I put the bottle in my pocket. That's definitely going into a promo somewhere. Just curious, are any of you on laptops? I'm actually at my desktop. I am. I'm on my laptop, but it's on a wired connection. I am on wireless, but I have a really fat pipe. Oh, and transitioning over to nerdy things. Does anyone run the uh, the awful Broadcom BCM forty three twelve card? No, I've been burned too much by Broadcom stuff to be running anything belonging to them. Well, that's what came installed by default for a wireless card in my laptop, and uh, I still have to have the proprietary drivers installed to fire the card up, but. There have been significant advances with the uh, with the open source drivers that now I can, after I fire the card up, I can remove the proprietary driver and load in the open drivers and have injection support for AirCrack. Do you use that often? Anytime I'm not at the house. In this little town where I live, I've got every single uh, WEP key that is here. Okay, gotta go, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. See you, Ken.
Now I really wish somebody had got that cricket soundboard going. So, Cobra, would you be willing to say what small town that is that you cracked? <laughs> yeah, Grand Bay, Westfield, New Brunswick. And I shouldn't say it's the entire small town. It's just the routes that I travel along most. Like while you're driving? Yeah, and walking back and forth from, uh, I work at a little bakery right down, it's about two miles from the house, and I walk back and forth most of the time when there's not snow outside, so I just have uh, aero dump running the entire time. Are there, are, is it mostly WEPIs, or are there any WPA or WPA2? There are a significant amount of everything. Um, I target the WEP first, and then I go for the WPA2 because uh, the ISP here sends out their fiber connections uh, with a default 10-digit key that is all numbers, and their uh, wireless access points have a... uh, It has their company name, and then it has three numbers, so they're really, really easy to identify. Interesting. I've cracked three of those. You've cracked three WPA2 keys? Yes, sir. Oh, Dictionary okay. attack. Okay. Well, like I said, they're they're all digit codes, and they're all numerical. So, I mean, there's a finite number of uh, keys there. All right. Okay. I'm not completely coherent right now, so, you know... Oh, no worries. I like to talk. Are these usually password passwords? Or- uh, no, it, they're they're all numerical. Uh, it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero. It's just the default key that comes out or that the ISP sends out. Okay, one of my jobs at the school... Uh- I try to give all the uh, grade school kids unique passwords, and of course I see teachers with a ring binder laying around with all the kids' passwords. It's like, why do I bother? That's kind of pointless, but yeah. Of course, I find a lot of the teachers' passwords stuck to monitors and in the desk and etc. I used to work for... Uh the public school system back down in Georgia where I used to live and uh, there was one teacher she wrote her username and her password on her chalkboard and left it there all year yeah that sounds familiar frustrates me a little when about half the teachers you know they're all completely random passwords but I have them memorized just uh, from having to work on their accounts I like it when the teachers can't figure out why the students are changing their grades. That hasn't happened yet, and uh, all the older kids may have gone uh, with consolidation and stuff. They're hiring out uh, uh, different schools, so we haven't. Uh, I don't think anybody in the junior high is probably smart enough. Of course, a lot of the software out there has always worried me. Of course, there's backups, but for the software to work, the entire folder for the application on the server has to be open to everyone. What software are y'all using? A lot of your academic software is like that. That, oh, you you would be amazed how much of that stuff was written in uh, Windows 3X era applications. There, well, their their accounting system for all the teacher salaries and stuff was written in Fox Pro. Well, I'm dealing with something that was written for Fox Pro at 
the, my little bakery job right now, and I want to shoot myself in the head every time I go sit down in front of that thing. Well, a lot of these things are going online. This uh, company that had the Fox Pro application was bought out by a company saying one of those are grading. Uh, and it's all it's moved from local to being all through the web. And I can just imagine, because I, ma- I imagine the first thing they did was fire all the coders from the old application and uh, somebody handed them uh, all this code in Fox Pro and they said, well, you want us to do what? The school I was working at, they used uh, Novell and they had uh, something called Sassy for all their registration information. Yeah, I worked at another school. Their server was Novell 5 and it was like two, three versions out of date when I got there and I learned the system, but you couldn't find anything for it. And well, they had, they had their their location and a and a satellite location that were uh, had backup drives, and they uh, you couldn't even the backup drives died, and I think it was Novell Five, and you couldn't even find the compatible drive. And of course, you try to ask a question on the uh, Novell forums, and and unless you were up to a certain level and understanding Novell, they just wouldn't even talk to you. I called the company for uh, the software that this bakery has for their database, and I, I was just trying to ask them, was it possible to retrieve any passwords out of it because all the passwords had been lost? And they would not tell me squat unless I paid them a year service contract. Yeah, we have one like that. The software's got to back, got to date back to '95 uh, era, maybe Windows 3.1, and the new version is uh, three grand uh, just to start with. Well, I'll be back in just a minute. I have a real world thing I got to deal with. Yay, more crickets. Anybody know if we're still being recorded for the official recording? For the official one, no. For the after hours, yes. By after hours, do you mean the official after hours or all of our recordings? (laughs) Uh, 5150's recording something. uh, I don't know what he's going to do with it. He'll probably smash it together and turn it into an episode. Right now I have about 5.5 gigs worth of WAV files that have this show. Do you have the whole lot? Not the whole thing. Probably since about, I don't know, 8 o'clock or so. I did a server side, or not a server, but everything that I pulled from the stream, which was all AUG, I just recorded that on my server. I just started up mPlayer with the uh, audio output to a WAV file. It was seemed easy enough. And then I set up a while loop and an uh, incrementer so that if it got cut off, it would restart it with a new number. Good idea, actually. Sounds like a HBR episode there. Or if anything, I should post it to CLI Magic. Make an HBR episode first. Yeah, do both. Are any of you CLI Magic followers? Yes. No. Can I recognize your name? <laughs> yeah, I love that uh, site. It's on my RSS feed all the time. But actually, that is a valid uh, episode. This is how you do this in player. Send it in. 
slap an intro and outro on, and then you're then you're done. <laughs> I was actually a bit, you know, when Clatu uh, actually had to encourage me to make my first HPR episode, and I was like, is this really you know worthy of talking about on HPR? It was the first one was the episode where I talked about the history of desktop transparency, and but he said it was worthwhile, and he helped me actually edit it and and stuff. I've been. I've gotten an awful lot of comments about that episode, actually. And it's you know, coming you know, from a lot of other shows. It's been on the Linux Basic as well. Oh, really? That's interesting. You should realize that we have had an episode on digging out a septic tank. Did you say of eating out of a septic tank? No, digging one out. Okay, that's a whole different show. If you go back and listen to the uh, the old plot episodes, they've got everything from uh, uh, pipe, uh, let's see, what are they called? Potato launchers to crazy things. Well, that same guy, and he always seemed like he was a little lit, did a podcast. His last one, there was some... Uh, uh, Linux conference in uh, Washington, D.C., where you were supposed to throw stuffed animals at the speakers, and people were coming up with different launchers, and he was talking kind of like a potato gun, but he was building this contraption of plastic tubing and two-part binary explosives to launch these uh, stuffed animals at the uh, speaker. And I, that was the last one he ever did. I'm just wondering how much time he's doing now. Yeah, the Shmookon, that's the conference. You know, I, I kind of wonder, how, I mean, when I uh, posted a link to CLI Magic today for the HPR uh, for this event, I uh, actually shortened the link in Bitly, and when you do that, it actually tells you how many hits the like that URL has gotten through other shortened URLs, and it actually only showed three so far. So um, I got like 67 hits on it today, but there's only been 70 total. I was kind of surprised. I thought that, you know, HPR would have gotten more hits. Of course, it was to the main page instead of individual pages, but I don't know. Are there any stats for how many people listen to HPR someplace? I know that there was discussion of that the other day in... uh... On Cast Planet, somebody had the specs. Yeah, I have them. There's about some 500 people download the show every day. Um, then that's just regular contributors who are subscribed to the RSS feed. And then we usually get about double that in every episode. Wow, that's that's a lot. That's quite a few. Great job, guys. <laughs> and it also um, seems what is that the people who download the show tend to be... Um, you know, podcasters themselves are involved in the free software community quite a bit. So uh, I don't know how many. I think you have to be fairly hardcore to be listening to all of HPR. To be honest, Ken, you oh, mentioned thanks, that. Ken. Uh, Ken, you mentioned that you're also on some streaming outlets also as well. So you have no idea how many people listen to those. Yeah, exactly. We do. Um, we get a lot of col- college radio and stuff uh, who will rebroadcast us. And I've had, you know, some of the only feedback I had for my own. Sh- Shows has been from you know be over in Japan, who said you're wrong, you know it's you do it like this, whatever it was I was explaining, and I was going, what is this guy on about? And, you know the show was one of the probably the first shows that I ever did, and of course in that time everything has moved on, 
you know, so it was valid back then. But um, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. We're also on archive.org as well. Well, um, can so, I? So uh, I guess a lot of can the, I cut? Go ahead. Now, was before you got back on, I was telling people how annoyed I was with you. Because, uh, it's my own fault for all the shows I want to do staying in my head and and on my hard drive instead of on the FTP. Uh, that uh, you've been doing a lot of these syndicated shows, and there are so much, so many great podcasts that you've introduced me to over the last couple months. That. Uh, that I have no time that I want to listen to, and I have no time for any more podcasts, and so I'm just kind of angry with you. That's absolutely fine. More hours in the day. What you need to do is start speeding up your podcast. That's what I do. Oh, I should. But I find I, I find I don't enjoy them as much that way. No, I tend to listen to the first one or two just so I know how the hosts talk in normal speed. And then I just speed them up two or three times. Um, some of the old shows that I listen to, you know, like Tilts or whatever, where I know all the people's voices and accents, I speed them right up over time. And then a new podcast, I'll only double speed it. Well, I can also fault Pokey because I got into a lot of listening to audio books, which isn't his fault. I listen to uh, Ownershare and a few others. Uh, over the summer, so that put me back on my podcast, but he did, at his suggestion, I listened to uh, a handbook for the criminally insane or whatever, and that I'll just drop right in his lap, so when he listens to the feed for this, he can he can own up to that one. So much good content out there. The owner shares that, I think he put me on to owner share as well, and uh, I really like the audiobook club, I've been very interested in that. As soon as that comes out, I'll listen to it. I've decided not to listen to the last episode because um, uh, Handbook for the Real Sane, uh, Walking Home Between the Graveyards, as I as I have to do, it was scary enough. and I don't want to be what, uh, listening to another horror, horror book. Well, I'm not sure that one's good enough to scare anybody. Uh, actually, the zombies in it, or the or the one zombie, was the funniest part. In fact, that was the only the zombie was the only character I really cared about in the whole book. Sorry for the delay coming in and out and getting breakfast ready for everybody here. So, um, but I really did enjoy Handbook for the Criminal Insane. It was nice and wacky the way I like it. it reminded me very much of Shaun of the Dead. If any of you have seen that movie, hilarious movie. Yeah, I have that one. I saw it about a month ago. I've gotten into the bad habit of where uh, I've got all these uh, on PDF, and I've been exporting all the text out of it, and then putting it through Festival and listening to that. Very good idea. I prefer eSpeak myself. It's a lot easier to configure. I just like listening to Lynn. Yeah, we need to bring her back, I think. If uh, Dave Yates doesn't come back... Soon I'm going to be doing a Friday the uh, April second first show based on Lynn. I was going to say that's a great idea. She should just do a podcast for HPR. Telling about how Dave died. I see Dave in IRC every day. He never talks. I haven't spoken to him in ages. I sent him a text over Christmas. One of the HPRs I really liked recently. I'm finally catching up. Oh, uh, I'm not sure. 
I was scrolling back, and I think I know who the uh, author was, but the one talked about that uh, creative content perhaps should be handled uh, through a repo, like a PPA or whatever, when you up every day when you uh, uh, do an update on your distro, you would also download all your, crea uh, bring your creative content up to date. That's just because where I have a slow internet connection, that always works, but I, I've always had my problems with G Potter, and I can't get seem to get uh, Bash Potter uh, configured right. That just somehow seems to me like a completely capital idea. See, somebody like you would probably benefit from in BitTorrent to download your podcast. Yeah, if they had, if I could find a place where they had the torrent for it. Yeah, you uh, if you want, I can torrent it for you. We can definitely set something up, seed out our podcasts and seed out common Linux podcasts because I'm downloading them anyway. Well, I'm I'm trying to uh, build a, a site that's built around uh, Creative Commons Media. So hopefully one day in the next year or so, that'll be up. Well, Bash Potter appealed to me uh, because I'd like to, you know, with G Potter, you got to leave a whole desktop up and running. And uh, for a while now, I've been using a Chumbi sort of as my download tool, uh, which you can SSH into remotely. The, uh, probably the desktop interface on the Chumbi, as far as I can tell, is uh, as close to useless as possible. But uh, now I finally have an actual real server set up, and I've been just using wget on there. But uh, all respect to Link, it's my problem, not you know, not his. Uh, all the hacks and stuff that I've been trying to do to Bash Potter to make it work like I want it to work. I, it seems like I've got it where it downloads the same podcasts every time instead of downloading any new ones. What I suggest. Uh is you have a look at uh, Mash Potter by Chess Griffin. He's taken Link's script and um, added a load of stuff um, where you can specify a new feed that you only download at times or whatever. And I've switched to using that and it hasn't filled me since. Yeah, I've kind of looked at that and did a combination and another one I found on the... Uh Ubuntu forums that somebody did a modification basically so that you when you do the first download you don't want you don't download the entire library of podcasts forever and somewhere in there I've made a mistake I think if I had uh, uh, Reg's experience with regular expressions I could take that thing and do just about whatever I wanted with it I just use bash Potter like it comes default but I'm an archivist by nature, so it works out well for me. Well, it's just I hate to re-download uh, files I already have, especially with my slow connection. Do you have Bash Potter setting stuff into individual folders? No, that was part of it. I didn't like the way Bash Potter uh, did everything by date. I just wanted... Because when I tend to listen to podcasts... Uh, Let's say I, ha I haven't listened to the last three Linux Outlaws or the last half dozen HPRs. I like to listen to them all at once, you know, one podcast all at once rather than uh, 
by chronological order for everything. See, I've just got mine set up to where uh, Bash Potter reads my feeds and dumps everything into one massive folder. Well, it's the same way I did. It seemed like a few of the, uh, when I da- when I would download them. Uh, well, Linux Outlaws is one of them. It added to the end of the extension, you know, .dog, and then a whole bunch of random characters. So it, it thought it was downloading a new podcast every time. So it just keep downloading the same ones. You really have to have a look at uh, Mash Potter. It takes care of all that crap. Um, for the popular uh, podcasts, it's um, you know where there are well-known things with Fee Burner or whatever. It takes care of all of that stuff, and you can put them into a different folder as well. That's, that's what I do. That's how I actually get them to speed up. So I'll put um, music that I don't want sped up into a music folder, and then I'll put depending on how fast I want them, I'll put them into uh, speed up. Two speed up, three speed up, four, that sort of thing. Well, thanks. That sounds like I need. Because, uh, well, my problem with G Potter, and I filed the report, and uh, you know they they've been getting back to it, but nobody nobody's grabbed it. Is if my slow connection it tends to time out uh, before the download is finished. So my my normal. Uh, method for getting my podcast is when I'm not going to be around using the bandwidth on the computer is is launch the download and with G Potter unless you're right there uh, you'll select 10 podcasts that you need and go away for five or six hours and you'll find that three of them have downloaded and the seven of them have timed out and there's no automatic retrieval on that and and uh, it's not really their fault because 99% of the users of GPOTR are faster connections and they don't encounter that problem. Now that you're mentioning that, that's why I stopped using GPOTR. That and the file naming scheme that's back when. Well, I keep mean that's one of the podcasts I kept trying to do on the cuff and record about making assumptions because... Oh, I went for months. I, I looked up that problem, and there's people who are talking about it online in forums and saying, yeah, we have a slow connection, and we're having the problem with it dropping out. And I kept figuring, well, the devs must know because people are talking about it online, so I didn't ever, I didn't ever uh, file a bug report or, or uh, get, get all the Tom Pearl or anything. And uh, so after about a year of getting, you know, downloading the new versions of GPotter and expecting it to magically be fixed for me, I said, well, maybe they don't know, and finally filed a bug report. Yeah, very good plan. You should always file a bug report, even if it's a duplicate. Well, obviously look for the bug report first. But um, I don't think... People should just say, hey, it's only for people with slow connections, and let's not worry about that. Everybody's got a fast connection. Because now with a lot of the mobile networks, you're going to need to have a reliable slow connections, which is what they are. So what goes around comes around. Code it properly in the first place, and then you don't have to go back and code it again. Well, another problem. 
every time I tried to record that podcast and I would listen to it sound like here I am using my voice as a podcaster bashing Thomas Pearl because he hasn't jumped on it and fixed my particular problem and I didn't want to come off that way and it just that's how it sounded in my head when I did it yeah that's understandable at the same time um, you know you could uh, you could have that same approach um but say he listens to the show, say he takes it on board, say he uh, fixes the problem, then he's in a better position to um, leave his software on mobile uh, systems or Android or whatever. And then right there you've uh, made his software more accessible to people and you've um, basically helped them out by fixing something that shouldn't be wrong in the first place. Well, my other point, and I wish I had the time to get into it was sometimes if you file the bug report you you may want to you know offer to get your hands dirty and uh, go in there and fix it yourself uh, another one you might want to look is RSSDLER it's Python based and has quite an advanced filter system for it uh, 51 of you uh, had much experience with rsync at all I haven't done much with it. Uh, I have a basic idea of the concepts. Yeah, what what I could do is, if you give me your putter, I could put a um, SSH connection into my machine or something. You could uh, collect them on some server on the internet, i.e. my machine, and then rsync the directories over. rsync is very reliable. If uh, if it's halfway through downloading a show or a file, it'll all, you know pick up again afterwards, halfway through. So you're not re-downloading really stuff, and then you just manage the um, the uh, thing on the whatever s- server, uh, and uh, you download the shows that way. Okay, we'll have to talk about that sometime. Uh, I've got your email from the news group and stuff. We'll see what we can do about that. Yeah, definitely. I think would um, would actually be cool as a project to do. You know, the uh, central repo like that, that you rsync stuff for slow connections, and then uh, we could point a torrent to that place, and then we could point a, uh, um, you know, make a Debian package <laughs> as well. So you get it all the different ways. Right, that comes around back to what I was talking about, making a PPA for uh Debian or Ubuntu packages, and uh, uh, well, there are ways to do a custom repository. I've seen for uh, Fedora, so that might be an interesting project to start. Is doing a podcast as a uh, repo? I'd really love to see HPR uh, done that way. Well, I think uh, I learned that the other day uh, on IRC from. The last known god when they were talking about uh, Razor QT and followed the link and found that you just copied the file from the uh, from the server and dropped it in the appropriate directory in, in uh, slash Etsy and that's how you added a repo to to uh, Fedora. Cobra 2, what was that application name RSSD what? D-L-E-R. Thanks, I've got the uh, link up now. Sorry guys, I have to do some stuff with the kids here back in a minute. 
Uh, I use RSS DLER. Uh, download torrents for uh, automatically uh, pulling stuff from uh, torrent feeds. 5150, I'm just curious, how fast of a connection do you have? 360k bits down with a tailwind. <laughs> how many shows do you actually listen to? Oh, I try listening to all of HBR, Tilts, uh, Colonel Panic, uh, New World Order, Techie Geek, uh, Linux Outlaws, uh, oh, most of door stuff, Linux Basics, Android Addicts, uh, uh, Linux for the rest of us, uh, Podnuts Pro, let's see, uh, Oh, there's two or three others as well. Those are the those are the main ones I can't live without. I wasn't actually laughing at your uh, connection speed. It's actually bigger than I thought you were going to say, but uh, I was just laughing at your tail one joke. Well, I always tell people I am the uh, Oliver Douglas of that. Uh, you know those uh, old Green Acres episodes whenever he had to answer the phone, he had to climb up the pole, that's kind of like my internet. What did I miss? Sorry. What did I miss? You miss Green Acres. What it is, uh, gigahertz wireless connection for my ISP 10 miles away. Oh, cool. So you use, like, uh, point-to-point industrial wireless? Right. They set all that up and are into it, and then actually, my house doesn't have line of sight to uh, their end because of all the trees on the place, so I've actually got my own uh, 2.4 wireless connection between my uh, machine shed and the house. Well, even if your connection's slow, I can uh, give you props for the coolness of your connection. Well, it's probably one of the most interesting ones out That uh, definitely should be incorporated in your consider people with slow connections show because I mean that is a perfectly valid uh, that's a perfectly valid internet connection my brother two of my brothers actually have connections very similar to that well it's either that or satellite I just wanted to avoid satellite because I at least used to be an avid gamer and of course with the lag on satellite it's just impossible to play uh, online games of course i'm so far from the center of the internet and really my ping time is no worse out here than i've seen with some of my customers that have a cable connection in town so it's just the it's more the number of hops rather than i think that last uh connection to my house so it's it's really not viable for me to play interactive games anymore anyway Personally, I could never get into gaming myself. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm big into the games where stuff blows up good. I'm a lover, not a better. And Ken, <coughs> everybody else on the line, just so everybody knows, even though Pokey's gone to bed and killed the connection, I started recording when he quit, so I uh, just want everybody to be aware that even though this is after hours, is long as nobody has an objection, and assuming I can save a usable file, I will send this along to Pokey to have him add in. Super. And I am a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> so, I don't, uh, 
don't have any problem with that. Bye. I did want to ask while I was out. I was over uh, across the driveway, so you don't have to worry about me uh, driving in a altered state uh, watching a movie. But uh, while I was out this evening, did I miss any really good Chad calls? I understand that uh, uh, Thistleweb was doing okay for a while. Don't know. I went to bed for quite a lot of it. Thistleweb was pretty lit. Thistleweb was probably one of the highlights of the evening. Well, I'm glad somebody was. I find at my age, I just... Where I used to be able to drink and go woohoo and be the life of the party, it's just at some point I just want to curl up, go to bed. You know, it's funny. Pretty much as soon as I became legal drinking age, the desire to get drunk just vanished for me. I have no desire for it anymore. I like drinking beer. I like sipping on a good whiskey. But that's about it. Yeah, since I've had I've basically stopped drinking. So now when I do drink, I uh, will have a bottle of um, Belgian beer. You know, if you're going to only have one beer, then it might as well be a very, very good beer. One of the problems with kids is that when you drink something, they want they look at your glass and they want to drink something. So you have to like find some cranberry juice that looks like red wine or something like that. No, I give them a teaspoonful of it, and then they don't want to drink it. Then <laughs> yeah, the coffee. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way my parents did me. Uh, they gave me a spoonful of wine. At that age, it didn't really taste very good to me. And of course, you know, later on, I took off pretty good on it. But my folks didn't drink at all. Uh, the alcoholism runs pretty bad in my f- family. Well, I can always be a huge when they see what it can do. Because my parents, they're about the only so- real social drinkers. Uh, that I know that never seem to take it beyond the limit. You know, there's neighbors around here don't do it at all. But uh, yeah, mo- mo- most most of them, if they drink, they're pretty good. Pretty good at it. I had an uncle. He would go through about two fifths of Jack every two or three days. And my granddaddy made his own moonshine. Well, you ought to do a on his recipe, but. Uh, no, I hope I don't ever hit the lottery, because if I've, I'm ever left completely to my own devices, uh, I'm afraid that'd be about what I would ha- would do, is start on a bottle of beam after breakfast and go through it by lunch. I want to go check out HPR episode 404. I can't find that one. <laughs> Sorry. Is that the one? Bad joke. Is that the one on making your own need? That was... Uh, uh, one of Lost in Bronxes. No, Clatu recorded me and Alan Hickner about making moonshine. Oh, okay, I love that one. That's the one where you had the rat's head in it. Oh, yeah. That was you? Fantastic. I love yeah, that Yeah, that was me. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Hi. <laughs> How are yeah, you? Yeah, that's one of my all-time favorites. This is a funny thing. Uh, this is what I, I really love about this and meeting people online where you actually talk to people. Corb, I've seen your uh, your nick on the IRC and just never made the connection. I'm terrible that way. Hi, how are you? Yeah, that sounds more like when you're doing when you're uh, when you're talking normally. I don't I don't hear the southern at all. 
Yeah, I, I've been up here in Canada for about oh a year and a half, and I was in Maine for six months, and I have lost so much of my accent, like just the the real real southern drawl to it. I've still got a little bit of it, but most of it's gone. Well, I have to tell you that guy's kind of put me off. If I ever go down south and somebody's uh, pass around an uh, an old ceramic jug with triple X on the bottom, like out of the movies, I may just have to pass up. Oh no, that's not how we do it now. We stick it in mason jars. What's a mason jar? Uh, a jar like you would use to put uh, like a jam, jelly, or like uh, to to jar your vegetables oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, canning jar. Yeah, Mason's just a brand. There's a fine tradition of making puchine in Ireland as well. So, uh, yes, I've been known to, uh, yeah, I have a few stories about that as well. All right, well, good night, guys. Good night, Delta Ray. We'll see you around. Good night, Delta Ray. I was well, at Ken, the jewelry sounds store. Like you've come- Go ahead, 50. I was going to say, Ken, it looks like you've just come up with the topic for your next podcast. I have topics. I have a big, big, long list of topics, but uh, no time to do them. And anyway, there's not a lot I could say about it, really. I haven't been that involved. It's it's more like, um, uh, you know, you find a few guys around the country can brew uh, or can uh, distill really good putching and... uh, yeah, one night we had we had um, got this bottle from up in the mountains in Wicklow, and uh, so we had it in the kitchen anyway, and we were in the living room having a chat. And the next thing we come back in, and there's some dude there pouring this putchine out into uh, you know the the lid of the bottle and throwing it on the fire, and it goes you know it goes into a lovely blue flame. And he had essentially just burned half of our bottle of putchine. <laughs> Did he walk away? Let's just say he wasn't invited to any more parties. <laughs> What's that distilled from? Um, potato, believe it or not, that guy. No, I believe it in Ireland. So how's that different from vodka? Um, tastes different, I guess. As I, Again, I couldn't claim to be any particular expert on it, I didn't start drinking until I was 21 so um, which in the states I guess is normal but uh, in Ireland it's a bit of a um, the legal age is 18 actually in the Netherlands the legal age for beer is 16 and then you can go on to hard liquor when you're 18 uh-huh yeah yeah I was gonna say it's uh, just isn't what's normal in fact I I'm of the opinion it's made it worse I saw that when I was in college that the National age made the changeover from where any you know most states you could buy beer when you were eighteen and hard liquor when you were twenty one. Uh, my friends who waited till they were actually twenty one and had no experience in high school. Uh, well, I know one of them. He he first time he started going off drinking, he almost uh, did alcohol poisoning. Okay, I got three kids that need feeding. I'll see you guys. It's been a pleasure. Bye. See ya. Yeah, thanks for all the good stuff you do for us, Kim. Speaking of feeding, I hear bacon and eggs calling my name. That's 2 o'clock in the morning for me, so it's a bit early. Yeah, it's about 4 here. 
Are you clear? You broke up, boss. I said, are you clear? That last word. Coast. Are you clear out on the eastern coast? Oh, yeah. Uh, I can stand on top of the house and see the ocean. Okay, I wasn't aware that you extended that far out where you were uh, two hours ahead of the eastern seaboard here in uh, the States. Uh, no, I'm just one hour plus to the east coast. As soon as you go from Maine and hit Canada, you jump an hour forward because they're on Atlantic Standard Time instead of Eastern Standard. Okay, and you're not doing uh, Daylight Savings Time? Uh, not right now. It ended back in... Uh... Okay, that explains the extra hour. Yeah, it's just one extra hour. It's uh, 2.48 on the East Coast. 3.48 here. Okay, it's not quite 2 o'clock where I am. Yeah, I live outside of a town called St. John, New Brunswick. It's, uh, it's a pretty little town. Nothing to do. Well, that's a coincidence. We have a little town uh, about 10 miles north here called St. John. It's pretty country up here, man. Just cold. Well, I'm sure it is. It's probably a lot less developed than you, than any place you could walk to in the states. In ways, when you when you go right down, to, uh, St. John's a city of about 150,000 people, and the surrounding area there. And uh, I live on the outskirts in, in another small town called Grand Bay, and. Uh, and like everywhere else it's just small towns yeah the St. John I'm thinking about here is probably about 50 people not 150,000 uh, you know I don't know it's related a couple places I would like to see before I go is uh, Scotland because that's where my ancestors were from and uh, New Zealand I'd like to visit all those places I see on uh Saul on Hercules and Xena, the waterfalls and all, just look like hadn't been touched since the beginning of time. I'd like to run over to Ireland. That's where my folks are from. Well, my people are Scot-Irish, so I should should include that. Came through. I mean, they were from Scotland and then spent a few generations in Ireland before they came over here. Yeah, back when my folks came over, they... Uh... They started out down south, had a pretty big plantation. Then the uh, Civil War hit and pretty much demolished everything that they had. And they were poor, went to sharecropping and built back up from there. Well, we're still sharecropping here. That's just the way agriculture is done. You got a little garden out there? Well, I'm a farmer stock in Kansas as well as doing IT work. Most of the agriculture up here is timber. Well, you guys still got some. Oh, man, there's tons of it everywhere up here. Just miles and miles and miles as far as I can see. And it's all government-owned. Well, my dad likes to tell a story about how when he was here, there wasn't a tree for miles and miles forever, and it's because the Indians that they just chased out, the government had, uh, if the, if they wanted to have grass for the buffalo and 
if uh, lightning strike didn't burn the prairie during the summer, they would make sure it started burning before they left and went south. Our old folks did some dirty things back then, didn't they? Well, I knew folk, uh, you know, back in the day, you could tell me of the prairie fires and how they just hunkered down and, you know, they cleared an area around the house and waited for it to pass around them. My family carries that proud heritage of wearing those pointed white hoods. Well, my, uh, my aunt was in genealogy, and she could show us where we had ancestors on both sides. Uh, one of mine was uh, the uh, one of the dissenting justices on the uh, Dred Scott decision. So looking back in your genealogy and stuff, did you ever... Uh... Seeing your reports of how the people that come before you acted, and you ever notice things that you do that they did too? Oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm probably about much, pretty much like my dad, and what I never met my grandfather on my dad's side, but uh, I hear stories about him and uh, how he was stubborn and you know like to make a point of things, and I can see that in me quite a bit. Yeah, my whole cotton-picking family's stubborn. Uh, it might as well have been our middle name. Well, my grandfather, he's like me. Didn't like, didn't like to spend money, even the other, other people's money. And he was on the county commission for years. And they wanted to put air conditioning in the uh, county courthouse. So he went into a uh, commission meeting wearing a uh, fur ja- uh, whole fur coat like coonskin coat or something, but a full-length fur coat in uh, July just to prove that they didn't need any darn air conditioning. wonder if he got warm that day. I imagine he did. And there's the other old story. See, my uh, great-grandfather, when he homesteaded out here, he was, you know, uh, what he wanted to do was uh, raise sheep. And, of course, the sheep were hard on the prairie, and these were still last of the open range days. And he and his family were living there in a uh, dugout. Uh, in fact, I, I can still see where it is in one of our fields or where it was. And uh, the story is, the story was in the paper, is one of these days the family was there, and uh, these three cowboys rode up and uh, told him how uh, he hadn't ought to be raising sheep, but he needed to get out of there, and he went back in. story was he went back in the Saudi and came back out with a Peacemaker Colt and ran him off. I, nobody in the family knows whatever became of that peacekeeper Colt, Peacemaker Colt. I'd like to have it. The oldest gun I have is a uh, my great-granddad's side-by-side 10-gauge with uh, hammercocks. Yeah, my dad tells me about a couple guns that they got rid of when they took over the farm. They wanted to, well, they need they needed the cash, and they had a couple old matched pair of uh, 20-gauge double-barrel shotguns that had the Damascus barrels, which you wouldn't ever want to fire, and I think a 32 caliber rifle that they got rid of. Speaking of guns, I can't have any of my handguns up here. Yeah, the rules are different. They let you keep the guns, though? 
Yeah, they just just this year they abolished the uh, the long gun registry, so you don't have to register your uh, rifles anymore. You still got to take a certificate type deal, and uh, you got to pay a license fee to you got to pay a license fee for your hunter safety thing, and then you got to pay another license fee to be able to buy ammunition. Well, I gather down in Australia they went plumb nuts. They won't let them have anything down there anymore. Yeah, fortunately, right now there's a really conservative uh, government that has the majority. It's the first time anybody's had the majority since like the '70s, I think. So, right now they're they're pushing through some stuff that actually sounds good and might make for some good business practices later on. But all the bleeding heart liberals just can't stand them. Well, I was always surprised how on these channels. Uh, really, the uh, politically, everything seems to be pretty good 50-50 split, and we get to hear ideas from all over. It's not all, you know, Wall, pro-Wall Street protesters or pro-Tea Party. It's, you know, we get, we get all kinds of ideas. And that's how it should be. If everybody thought the same, there wouldn't be no point of thinking. Well, I think not thinking is pretty much what most politicians I see now count on. Well, up here, uh, with the health care and stuff, uh, my wife's a nurse, so uh, I kind of have intimate knowledge of how this stupid health care system up here works. And if the U.S. goes to what they got here, man, we are in for a world of hurt. Well, that's what I hear. Everybody says, well, it's paid for, but you'll die before you ever get it. All right. My wife went in to the emergency room with chest pain. She's a nurse. So after they did the EKG and said, okay, it's not your heart, uh, usually what they would do is they would send you home. But uh, where she was a nurse, they went ahead and admitted her to the emergency room. So we sat in the emergency room after that for about two hours before we even saw a doctor. And she's just writhing in pain on the bed. Uh, she goes and uh, she, the doctor, comes in, looks at her over, and uh, gives her some Tylenol 3. And then about two hours later, we see the doctor again. Pain's still there. Tylenol didn't touch it. And uh, then that doctor goes off duty, and it's about another two hours before we see another doctor. And then uh, I finally talked the wife into taking a shot. And uh, she got a shot, and about an hour after that, we got discharged and went home. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing everything they can just to do the minimal amount that they can get away with. Well, that and the doctors don't get paid based on how many patients they see. They get paid hourly, and it's a set rate. So there's no incentive for them to work harder. Well, say what you will about Blizzard, but you've got to give people an incentive to uh, put out the extra effort or human, uh, you know, human nature is to just do the minimum you can and go home. Yeah, see, I'm more of an anarchist when it comes to that. Just down with the system. Let's go back to the way it was. Well, they haven't given us much lately to have much faith in any kind of system. Every time I talk about politics, my wife goes nuts. Then my father-in-law, that's all he wants to talk about is politics. And since I don't agree with him, he goes nuts. 
Uh, is your wife Canadian, I take it, then, since you're in contact with her and her family and etc. up there? Yep, she's Canadian. And uh, my father-in-law is dual citizen. He was born in the U.S., but his both of his parents are Canadian. He's uh, he's lucky. He was born on uh, Campobello Island, which doesn't have a hospital. So everybody that's born on Campobello Island has to go to Lubeck, Maine, to have their kids born. Well, it probably wouldn't work like that anymore. I hear about since Homeland Security got involved and everybody having to have a passport now to cross either the north or the south border. Uh, you have towns that straddle the border where people have to go through INS checkpoints just just to see their friends and relatives uh, on the other side of the block. Yeah, but it's like that up here, but the borders are just really, really relaxed. Uh, actually, the, the one that's the pain in the butt is coming back into the U.S. Well, they're not really trouble from up there. Nope, that's why they let a uh, a French murderer who had just finished uh, with a chainsaw, and the bloody chainsaw was in the truck. They let him run across. Will they catch him on this side eventually? Oh, they caught him within a couple days. It, it was just one of those little things that everybody got all up in a tizzy about. Yeah, that's another thing I can't stand about being around here. Everybody knows everything. Sounds like just one big small town. That's exactly what it is. And I tell you, man, these people are some of the biggest gossips you've ever seen in your life. If I ever want anybody to know anything, I tell my mother-in-law. And within three hours, the entire family knows and all their friends know. Mmm, this sandwich is good. What kind of sandwich? Bacon, egg, and tomato. Oh, you can't go wrong with that. No siree on fresh, multi-grain bread. It was big yesterday morning. Yeah, I've always wanted to get into that. I never have uh, got the bread maker, and I heard that. Oh, no, it's from a little job down at the bakery. Well, I think it's Knuckle who was on the uh, Survivability podcast, and he really got me started on the idea of the yeah, certain I produce grain that uh, hold some of it back for uh, my own use. What do you use it for? Well, I'm a wheat producer, so uh, usually just goes to the, say fifty. Probably uh, make bread all year long. That'd be kind of fun. I can't bake nothing to save my life though. Well, I was kind of intrigued by his uh, home grinder, and I think the uh, human-powered one would be a lot more practical than the electric one he talked about. If you're uh, trying to get yourself set up for, uh, you know, what happens when everything crashes. Oh, man, if everything crashes, I won't be able to watch TV no more. Yeah, I have a banker friend who said it's common, it's inevitable, we spent too much money we don't have, and, oh, man. Uh, well, he was supposed to tell me when the time was to buy gold, and he neglected to do that, but uh, I don't know. Keeping keep my fingers crossed that we can get out of it like we always have, but you never know. You know, there's too many things going on that we, we, can't, we can't continue just go 
I think going on, not buying our own stuff, buy, you know, tra trading our own services back and forth and not producing anything like we do in this country. Yep, Canada is the world's number one exporter of natural resources, and they export, I think it's 50-something percent of that to the U.S. Well, there's only two ways to produce new content. You can do intellectual content like we do of art, you know, movies and music and and uh, software, or you got to take something out of the ground, either biological or mineral, and turn it into something. And we're pretty good about uh, doing the uh, doing the art, doing the intellectual property, but we're not so good anymore about uh, turning our resources into money anymore. Well, you know how you uh, you take stuff to the store to get it recycled and everything. Well, too many times it takes more resources to recycle something than you get back out of it. All right. Well, I've discovered what the uh, the local government around here does with their uh, recyclable plastics. They take them, they compress them, they st stick them on a container ship uh, in Halifax, which is an international port, and then they ship down through the Panama Canal, over the Pacific Ocean, over to China, and then China takes these big old crates of crap and loads it in their uh, furnaces and uses it to power their uh, industries. Well, that's one thing to do with it. I always thought we spend way too many resources uh, digging holes and burying stuff underground that uh, we're going to wind out of, run out of ground to put it in. Uh, of course, I burned my own trash. Uh, I wish there was a way I could turn that into heat. There probably is if I uh, put enough effort into it. But I'm just thinking on a on a global scale. We have all this stuff. We're burying it underground, and it just seems to uh, be a waste in two ways. I don't really know what you can do with the garbage. But I know burning plastic ain't good. That stuff was some awful toxic stuff. Yeah, I'm glad they're not doing the ground here. Two words, jet stream. Right, but it's got to be a lot more intense over their way than it is ours. At oh, least. yeah, their air quality is next to nothing. Uh, they had to stop stop half their uh, industries before they could uh, have the Beijing Olympics a couple years back. Right, and you got to wonder what's going on with all their ghost cities over there that they have that they've planned and built, and no, and absolutely nobody's living over there. That's kind of, I, I, I guess that they've got their own ways of dumping their own money, which is all our money, down a hole, too. Well, it's just a completely different system over there. They, uh, they have a completely different way of thinking than we do here. Well, I'm sure there's things that we could learn from them, but that, you know, they're, it's sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah, well, that sandwich is hitting me in a mighty good spot, and I think it's about time for me to go run off to bed so I can sleep before I have to get up and go to church in the morning. Well, I think that's a pretty good idea. It sounds like you and I are the only ones to channel, so... Oh, for everybody out there listening, or who will be listening when we uh, put this all together in the podcast, uh, this is 5150 and Cobra 2, and everybody else who still shows up in the 
Channel Delwin and Jay Newster and Ken Fallon, who I know is gone, and Pipe Man Music. We uh, we uh, thank him so much for the use of his uh, uh, murmur server today. And Techie Geek, who is lurking in the channel, I'm sorry I missed the chance to talk to you. And uh, it, it's getting about 2:30 in the morning in the Midwest, and I think it's about time we uh, absolutely called it a podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Cobra. <laughs> All right, I'm gone, boss. You're in. This is 51:50 on the side. We gone. Bye bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binref.com. All binref projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.